0: Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. If you're enjoying Pirate Living Podcasts and all the content we bring to you each week, you can support us and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pirate living
1: other ways you can show your support as well. Subscribe and follow Pirate Living Podcast rate and review our show and share this podcast with your friends.
0: You can find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips. Pop in and say hi. We love chatting
1: with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us uh, to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. And as usual, keep creating good trouble. And now on to today's episode. Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast, where we highlight ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are pirates who take small, bold actions daily to create social change. Pirate life is all about rebelling and breaking the rules for good. Creating lasting social change starts by first breaking our inner rules. After all, the hardest rules to break are your own. The pirates we highlight have dedicated themselves to creating good trouble. Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast. We're excited to be talking with Laurel Erica of Word Magic Global once again today. Our first interview with her was on episode 43, so if you haven't had a listen, go check it out. And we are thrilled to dive even deeper into Word Magic with her today. So welcome, Laurel. Thank you so very (laughs) much. It's a delight to be
2: sailing on your pirate ship with you and looking for ways to help liberate consciousness globally, which is what we're all about.
1: Absolutely. And when you were here last time, we we started touching on the word magic and a lot of the word play and the double meanings of our words. And um, we'd love to just continue on that journey and maybe hear what you've been up to since then. Well, thank you very much.
2: Um, Many adventures, I wrote a blog called Whose Life Is This Anyway? Because having been living a nomadic life for several years and uh, being untethered anywhere, I just found myself carried from one situation to the next that brought about a whole evolution in my relationships and in my consciousness and in a, a greater trust of. What I'm thinking of as um, the larger immune system that is around us, we know we have one in our bodies that, without our conscious awareness, is beating our heart, uh, digesting our food, etc., and fighting off organisms that would weaken our system. And what I found through these uh, this period of a lot of travel is that without my willing or affirming or consenting, my life has been carried in areas and to adventures that I couldn't possibly have imagined. And it gave me such a a great conviction that I can relax in the face of whatever is going on, knowing that this larger part of me is going to carry me to where I can be most effective in sharing the gifts I incarnated to share, and I know that what's true for one is true for all, and the process of letting go and trusting is sometimes easier for some than others. For me, it has not been easy, <laughs> but I'm so grateful to feel in, a, in a, a space of greater peace and surrender, trust, and um, amazement at what comes forth when I let go. Mm -hmm.
1: We talked to a lot of pirates who are living a more nomadic lifestyle. And I'm wondering what started you uh, with that? What what brought that on? Well, I had been living for 30
2: years in Santa Monica under what was then a changeless sky And I then had the opportunity to move to the Pacific Northwest to be close to my son and his family. And the opportunity arose when um, I do editing for people, editing and writing sometimes. Um, And there was a large enough project to fund my exit from Santa Monica to the Pacific Northwest. And my family stayed in place two years, and then economic necessity took them to Wisconsin and now Northern California. So there was no point in trying to follow them from place to place. And I preferred living in the forest, so I was living from place to place with various uh, people renting rooms from them and having adventures with them, and not intending to ever come back to Santa Monica. But then another synchronicity actually that began with a podcast conversation with Paul Check, and then an invitation to his birthday brought me down a thousand miles to Southern California, and then synchronistic opportunities. Um, emerge that made it clear I was meant to stay here for a while. So that's where I am again. And it's been quite an evolutionary journey, really, really amazing. I I have always felt that we're walking along on a stage set, that this dimension of reality is like a game board, And so I had the opportunity of entering various sets, various theater sets in the form of people's homes with different players, um, getting to see reflections of karmic patterns and watching that whole wave of it rise and then heal and uh, go away, so. That's been the reason for my journey, and I have no idea what's next. At the moment, I think we're all transients because none of us know what's coming next or where it will carry us, and so a greater trust in the, in the well-being of that which guides and lifts us and directs us uh, makes it easier to go through this, this initiatory process in the history of humanity that we are collectively experiencing.
0: Yeah, uh, well, on that, too, what we're collectively experiencing, like right now with current events, um, everything that's going on as well, you have a, a poem that you recently um you reshared that you wrote a while back about um, raw war, correct? Is that the name Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. So, uh, would you like to share a little bit on maybe even the poem or a little bit on that and your views on the current events as well?
2: Well, speaking of <coughs> stage sets and staged mm-hmm. events, who knows at this point? what's real and what's not and uh, what is actually behind it and then all the conflicting narratives for the cause. So for me, it's about, well, just to step back, um, I may have pointed out before that we're all, or most of us as small children hear the nursery rhyme, row gently and merrily down the stream for life is but a dream. And the sound of life's dream and life's dream is identical. And I think that's the truth of it. So we're in, and as a child, I used to imagine um, sitting in a movie theater watching all the action and then sometimes stepping into the film of the real and participating and then returning. So I think that is what is occurring. Who knows what is and who is behind it, but only that a greater purpose will be served through it. Mm-hmm. So, that poem, uh, Raw War, um, came from listening to a cross cultural anthropologist. Angelus Arian, sometime in the 90s, share that she had led a leadership group with young kids. And she asked them, how can we prevent war? And one little boy said, well, there are about, I don't know what the figure is, maybe a billion Catholics in the world. And she said, yes. And he said, well, if the Pope made war a mortal sin, So that's the basis for this poem. Now, of course, there are many other religious leaders who make um, (laughs) war a holy crusade. So um, the poem isn't quite as relevant, but I can certainly share it. And and you need to know that there's um, that just as every person is said to have a twin, almost every word has a twin as well. So the word comedy, its twin is C O M I T Y, comity, comedy, and it means respect, mutual respect for life ways of another culture. So it goes. Some men take war like a ragged whore and lay their lives down beside her. If they let her eat enough nice red meat, they think they may outride her. But as everyone knows, and our history shows, war really has no winners, whether vanquished foes or brave heroes, we all emerge as sinners. As was pointed out by a child of 10, if the Pope made war a mortal sin, his ordinance might well suffice to end most human sacrifice. So here's a rule of thumb to help overcome the urge for bloody slaughter. It's rarely wise to fight fire with fire. Try fighting fire with water. For ultimately what we're after is a really good cry and then to slay with laughter. Just think of how much better international relations would be if we could all agree to the comedy of nations. So that's... that's this piece and at the moment we're watching a war right before our eyes hearing competing narratives about the basis for it and about who is doing what to whom it is a horror (laughs) many people are losing their lives in the midst of it and what can we do as we witness it from a distance and knowing that we are all interconnected and that what we do even in the privacy of our own home, in our prayers, in our consciousness, can affect other people uh, at a great distance from us. I believe that both the inner work we do through meditation, prayer, contemplation, affirmation, all those things that we do individually, and then bring the consciousness we cultivate through that process to our collective conversations. And then to converse with a greater awareness of the levels of meaning within single words that we mostly Overlook or underhear, we be- can begin to speak with greater consciousness and greater kindness in ways whose reverberations can positively lift the consciousness all around the world, among all nations, whether we speak the same language or not.
0: Um with the, that too, like the language, the language that we're speaking, no matter what we're speaking, um, we've, got, we've talked a little bit about how those, there, there is this underlying hypnosis with our words. So I'd love to dive deeper into that too, like um, going down to the next, even the next level of like how that hypnosis in our words affects us um, and how can we change that as well?
2: Well, there's a lot of research being conducted now about how words affect perception. And I have not done the research, but I read some of it. And there is now a growing validation among scientific communities that we're seeing the world through the lens of the word And we also know that conversely, we are creating the world through the words that we speak. So there's this lovely statement. Let's see if I can quickly find it by a physicist. It's an unknown uh, source. Well, isn't that interesting? I'm not finding it immediately, but it's the awareness that the words that we speak because of quantum entanglement are reverberating in distant stars and with all of us. So we normally conceive of ourselves as separate from the out, there's the inside, there's the personal, and then there's the world outside of ourselves and the universe in which it exists. But what physics shows is that it's all one and that our words, our our deeds, everything is affecting everything. And so um, my best known video is called The Secret Spells of the English Language. Mm -hmm. And it talks about the life sentence where anyone can find it on Mm -hmm. YouTube. I Mm -hmm. posted it in 2010, but there are other life sentences. The words we use are constantly affecting our world and the people around us. So I've been um, finishing up an essay about called Forever Young, which I'll post soon. members of my extended family just had a new baby girl. And I realized that whether she, you know one is one minute old or a hundred years old, we're described from the very beginning as old. Mm. And that is a very aging adjective. Mm-hmm. And that it gives us a sense of, um, you know, this journey from the womb to the tomb. Um, where we are condemned with a a vision of Being old, which means withering Mm -hmm. day by day by day. So clearly we need more the evolution of the language. And I am soon going to be inviting people to a meetup with me in which we talk about how we can start evolving English, the leading software of the Western mind to help us convey a higher frequency of consciousness in our communications and inspire a greater frequency of kindness in our interactions. So if people will subscribe to wordmagicglobal.com, you'll receive invitations to the latest offerings and um, updates and new podcasts, as well as new blogs, so that every one of us can become a a linguistic tinkerer, (laughs) can start tuning up the English language symbol and sound system. So it can convey a higher frequency of consciousness in our communications and inspire a greater frequency of kindness in our interactions. And how,
1: how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> another video that I posted when I did the secret spells also in 2010 is called Taking Command of the English Language. And um, it very explicitly describes exactly how we can do it and why we need to. I could probably recite it from memory. (laughs) (laughs) I may need to look at it to do it perfectly. But it also, it gives the example, well, page two says, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think back about how random acts of kindness helps deliver us from our blindness and remind us of the sweetness that binds, refines, and completes us through our acts of spontaneous, miscellaneous giving, and how these acts simultaneously elevate our sense of what we call really living, since generosity generates prosperity When we give with an open heart and deep sincerity. And I just want to point out that the word generosity has Eros right in the middle of it, and Eros is the God of love. So, whereas um, miserliness or, or misery is being a miser. And it ends with the word why. So this this is part of the fact that we do come with instructions. Mm -hmm. And that poem goes on to say to be the one to release the dove of peace on a wave of love that lifts us all above our usual sense of separation must surely be the cause for an ongoing celebration for it is certainly an experience that lifts us well beyond words and beyond anything money could possibly buy. And yet it is free for all who wish to glorify God's living presence as our human essence, and thus to bless the best in the rest of us. But speaking of money, have you heard the exhilarating word turbillion? It means something resembling a whirlwind or a firework that rises spirally. Ideally, we all could be tour billionaires with worlds of words that swirl the world's next revolution. And with a zillion vermilion tour billions of word fire, we could inspire higher consciousness and grant our own absolution, both through updated letters that uh, inspire divine locution that blows the mind free of its slavery to the inherent blasphemy that still thunders through the language and now threatens to drag us under to an ever more miserable yet totally unnecessary destiny. For though so few of us will ever win the lottery, every one of us could be the conduit for a lot of exotic vocabulary and for catalytic mottos that turn on the world. So that's page two of three or four or five, I don't remember. (laughs) But in any case, the point is, uh, or the vision I was given for how to do this is to create a literary lotto where people are incentivized to listen to the still small voice within, to connect to our universal heart drive, and start downloading new symbols, sounds, words, metaphors, and phrases that can convey this higher frequency of consciousness and and kindness. Mm -hmm. And to have a place to send in whatever it is they download where it can be um, reviewed and recorded. Some may become part of um, what one of the uh, participants in a word magic class suggested, we call the Thesaurus of Ascension. And others may be so inspiring that we want to put them on t shirts and on um, all sorts of products so that we are starting to share our collective wisdom and beauty in the form of little sound bites that inspire the best instead of the beast in us all. Mm-hmm. So, the meetup will be a discussion of creating teams that we can do this. Uh, people will be invited to send the, their ideas in with um, several little dollars that go into a uh, treasury that help with the production of things uh, and also prosper the profit. Profit the prophet who brought mm-hmm. through the idea and all the while people will be cultivating their capacity for inner listening and downloading the wisdom that can transform their lives
1: and that of us all. So when you say we do come with instructions, is that that inner listening that you're talking about? I wrote
2: wrote a master's thesis in 2005 for, a program in spiritual psychology, and I was able to do what I'd always wanted to do was to which was to create a book of philosophy through wordplay, and so um, I, I have this book in in storage in Portland since I wasn't planning to come down to Southern California, but it's filled with words that have wisdom within them. So people are most familiar with my work in terms of secret spells, hypnotic words that contradict themselves and probably affect us subliminally because of the double talk in them. But there are also what I call sacred path words, which are words that remind us that we already have the wisdom within us to live lives of liberation and beauty. And so, um, for instance, we have in the word eyes is yes. And I take that to mean that we are meant to say yes today as well as yes tomorrow <laughs> and yesterday. That yes is, that that's accepting where we are and being okay with it. And yes, another word for yes is see, which is SI, and we're meant to see for ourselves and to live affirmatively. However, in our nose is the word no. (laughs) And that means that knowledge requires good sense. And the ability to sniff out the news and to exercise discernment in our lives. And in our mouth, I was surprised to see not in, but out. And so anyone can make whatever they want of that. I, in this book, which is not published, I, I surmise that it means that life is not about consumpt- consumption, it's about expression. Mm-hmm. And in is in our chin, so our nose isn't stuck in the air. And our, we've heard of a third eye here. Few have recognized that we have a third ear in our heart. And the word heart and, and earth are the same word. And when I've asked young children what they make of that, uh, one little boy of about seven said, well, maybe it means that the earth is the heart of the solar system. And another child said, well, the earth is the heart of our lives. So this is like the hidden philosophy, hidden in plain view, in English letters and words that can inform us. It reflects our greater wisdom back to us. Mm -hmm. And so just as there are secret spells that relate to cultural consciousness, there are what I call the sacred path words that reflect our inner wisdom and beauty to us. Mm. And I've discovered many, but there's an infinite number. And playing with words in search of these treasures can inform us, awaken us, uplift us, delight us, so, this is a kind of wordplay that makes everyone smarter, wiser, kinder, more playful,
1: witty, and literate. Mm-hmm. You talk about like um, speaking with children and asking them questions. And I'm curious if what do you notice is the difference with the response from children mm-hmm. versus adults? Well, the lack of inhibition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> children will venture
2: forth with um, a response. And um, well, there's the word grown up. It sounds like groaning pain Um, or or the word adult, which is almost identical to adult, (laughs) which is an idiot. And I sometimes quote the 20th century um, poet, Charles Bukowski, who said, most everyone is born a genius and buried an idiot. Mm -hmm. So children, healthy children have access to their genius and genius is higher dimensional consciousness. It's a capacity that everybody possesses. So whereas children will venture forth with their ideas, um, adults will look for the trick in the question.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And uh, A couple of years ago, my grandson at 10 said to me, well, you know, if you turn the word backward, you have D-R-O-W. And I'm thinking, yeah, and? And he said, well, that's the beginning of drowsy. And that's how we feel (laughs) when we read words in bed. And of course, the hypnotist's um, main tool is language. And one of the main phrases is you are feeling drowsy. (laughs) So it's like being in a sound system, a symbol and sound system, which is constantly echoing and reflecting us back to ourselves. And uh, it's wonderful to become aware of it and then
1: to begin tuning it up where it has fallen out of tune. So how is it that we lose that genius when we go from being a child to?
2: Well, it's the conditioning that happens uh, at home. And it's the lack of recognition that children like very, very early age have access to their source of infinite intelligence. And wise parents who are able to recognize it can then support its flowering. And through one of the most amazing synchronicities, (laughs) That I had in meeting someone. I met a woman named Risa Brown, R-E-S-A Brown. And Risa is a homeschooling genius. And she has the website, thecalltobrilliance.com and another website called passionorientededucation.com. So she has so much information to help parents see right at the start where the genius is and to help cultivate it in their children. And she, um, when her children were very little, and were declared dyslexic, dysgraphic, and disruptive, and the school systems wanted to drug them. She said, "Never mind, I'll educate them myself." And I think she was credentialed at all levels. And she started um, she with I think a, a relative started a homeschool in a plumbing factory for their children and the workers' children, and there was no homework no grades, no tests, no pressure, and only support where the kids were interested. So her two boys weren't interested in learning to read till they were about 10. But all the kids excelled in their areas of interest And we're ready for university level classes in those areas, socially and emotionally, as well as intellectually by ages 10, 11, 12, they all became Renaissance geniuses. So that is the capacity when we know what to look for in young children and how to... Uh, fan, a spark into a flame and how to keep feeding that flame so that it grows into the brilliance that is natural to all of us. But as we know, that is not what public education is seeking to do, to have people who can think for themselves and have their own direct pipeline to the divine.
0: Those all hit close to home for me. I, yeah. I, yeah, I used to teach um, and I oh, knew too, there was a better way to this. And um, part of my drive to do what I do now, which is um, helping kids understand how their words and affect their life and helping empower their language so they can empower themselves and build their confidence. Um, really where it came from was the fact that kids are in school sitting in the public schools are sitting all day working more or less the work schedule of their parents and being taught to fall into a cubicle life as they grow up so they're they're being taught to think inside of a box and thinking outside of a box is almost punished within that system so yeah I'd love to see how those kids are doing and like here what they come up with too as they become adult, well, bigger people. <laughs> <laughs> right. what's, a, what's a better word we can use? <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Uh-huh. Well, and the word taught, children are taught in mm-hmm. school, and taught's word twin is T-A-U-T, which means tense, which is one of the causes of nearsightedness. Mm-hmm. And Children are given lessons and no growing thing wants anything that lessens them. And the people who, who, are, who oversee the program openly declare themselves board of education. Mm-hmm. And you have to be absolutely tune deaf to take on such a declarative label as that. Mm-hmm. It's the truth is right there out in the open and um, yet we are taught to ignore it. Um, And I've shared before, I don't know with you guys, but listening to you guys, for heaven's sakes, anyway, you ladies, listening to a little boy's video game and hearing the background narration and it was repeatedly saying nothing going on over here let's look elsewhere nothing going on over here let's look elsewhere so it was implanting in this child's subconscious mind the impulse to ignore the obvious So we think if it's too obvious, it can't be real. But no, I think the truth has to be told, because a lie is not fully alive. It's missing the V, which is like the arrow point of spirit into matter. And so it's all out there for all to see. It's just we have chosen to believe nothing going on over here. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's wonderful. And, and just to ask children to start inventing words mm. and give them ideas. And I'm soon going to um, put out a little book for kids. I've done mm. a lot of uh, writing on that score. Um, it's just I have so many projects at once that I'm working on and some for clients as well that um, I'm not. Well, I'm looking forward to completing them more mm-hmm. quickly.
0: Mm mm-hmm.
1: I think we talked, did we talk last time about Kristen's uh, book when you you had you on here? Kristen's book. Um, I will say
2: again because it's not fresh in my mind.
0: Yeah. Well, I
1: I have it framed over there because I'm so proud of her. (laughs) Oh, good.
0: good.
2: Didn't I take a look at it?
0: I believe I sent it to you. Yes. Um, yes. Abracadabra, I know what to do. Yeah. Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's wonderful. Um, I met a gentleman named Sam Beard, who has worked with eight U.S. presidents developing programs to help uh, create jobs and uh, opportunities for people, and his current project is about reading to children from, um, you know, zero to five years old, and even in the womb, because Mm -hmm. evidently, if they haven't heard enough words by the time they enter school, it may already be too late. Mm -hmm. So for all those people who are uh, writers and creators, as you are um, focusing on what to share with children, that will help help them remember who they are and why they're here will be a great gift to them and to all of the culture.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of my greatest um, dreams, I would say, where having kids remember, like instead of forgetting, like we end up doing, have them remember why they're here um, so that that instead of that turning off, as the world keeps telling them who they should be and who they are, um, that that memory remains and that they get to build off of that at a very young age, instead of it turning back on, perhaps when in an older age, where it's like, I feel like I should be doing something else, exactly. but instead being able to use it their whole life. Exactly. Yeah. Um-
2: well, I want to give you information on Sam Beard mm-hmm. and his current project. And anyone else, um, I'll, I'll send it to you, yeah. and maybe you can post it. And anyone mm-hmm. else who is has young children or is interested in working with young children to help the brain um, stay aware of the soul and the purpose of their journey here, mm-hmm. and. I may have shared previously that I had a dream some years ago um, in which a very advanced linguist was saying that when we evolve the English language, that the new people coming in won't have to forget why they're here Mm -hmm. and what what they came here to do and who they are so a lot of it is that the language is is a form of hypnosis mm-hmm. and um it's kind of a dead language in the sense that it has a whole agenda that is almost like a, well like getting old from the minute you're born <laughs> the time is ticking mm-hmm. and uh It's just not life affirming. And that's what we can do as we create words together. So again, if people would like to subscribe to my uh, website, I will soon be sending out a um, invitation to a meetup for talking about how do we create a new word Mm order in which we create a global movement for linguistic improvement Because with all of the problems we have, it all stems from our consciousness. It stems from our way of thinking, and language helps program thinking. And there is a statement I have from Sir James Jeans, who was an English physicist and mathematician in the um, late... 1800s through the mid 1900s, and he said the stream of human knowledge is impartially heading toward a non-mechanical reality. The universe begins to live look more like a great thought than a great machine, and so many. People, I have a lot of statements that I've collected over the years from people like Confucius and Socrates and Orwell, and Terence McKenna, and Greg Braden and Lynn McTaggart and Gary uh, Gary Zukov, all saying that we need to evolve the language and that it will give us an evolutionary edge. And so my work demonstrates why the language needs to be upgraded and also how we can do it in just those two um, uh, YouTubes, taking uh, the secret spells of the English language and taking command
0: of the English language. Run. You look like you had something you are saying, so it's waiting for you. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, so- no. you're good. <laughs> I,
2: I had to read it. I mean, I don't have everything <laughs> memorized. No, you're good. <laughs> <here> you're good.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So, is your their meetup is that going to be in person or virtual? It'll be virtual, so people mm-hmm. from all over can attend, and it'll probably be in in a week or two.
2: Okay. Just have to write up the invitation. Mm -hmm. I also am having a writing circle that I do four session writing circles every month and the April sessions will be starting next week. And people who would like to participate in a sacred circle where there is love and support Um, and encouragement and suggestions for bringing your work to the next level. So I keep them very small. I have several each week. And uh, um, people, everyone has an opportunity to share their pages to ask questions, to get reflections and suggestions, and then to offer it to other people. So it creates, it's an amazing synergy of people who come together to share with each other and um, a great flowering of talent and completion of projects. It's, it's a very lovely and truly sacred thing. And I'm also putting together a course on Thinkific that will be... Uh, Let me see my little title here. I have to go off screen to find (laughs) it. Um, So it is called Speaking Beauty, Amplify Your Word Fire and Light Up Your Pathway to Prosperity. Develop a silver tongue in 21 days and talk your way, talk yourself into abundance. So that will be a uh, class people can take at their own rate. And I will come in and do a coaching session or two, and it will be an introduction to a larger immersion in the subject. Mm-hmm. And it will cover a lot of subjects, including words that can uh, inspire higher consciousness, but has been, have been learned, lost to awareness, hard to find them even in a dictionary sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I have an article called angel food, words that put wings on our hearts that I can send you a link to, and it will share some of my favorite words. Like, like for instance, the word theodicy is very relevant today, and I found that by um, trying to rhyme theodicy. Um, When I was writing a poem for someone and I was going in my mind, the odyssey, the odyssey, the odyssey, the odyssey, the odyssey, that has to be a word and it is. Mm -hmm. And it means a vindication of the goodness of source, spirit, God, Mm -hmm. in relation to the existence of evil. And it's a theological argument, but it's also, we wonder, well, how could a loving God allow this to happen? And what happens in the process of dealing with these kinds of situations is that qualities of consciousness and courage and determination emerge that likely would not have without having that severity of a challenge. And it also has to be looked at in the context of life as an eternal journey. Mm. So that even if we step out of one incarnation, we are assured when we're ready of taking another and, and taking with us the qualities we developed in the course of facing what looked like insurmountable challenges. So that's definitely one of my favorites. And another is omnificent, which means possessing full creative power. And another is is anamnesis, which means the soul's recollection of the uh, learnings, and talents and gifts it cultivated in other lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And so now I've seen it defined as a patient's recounting of their medical history. So -hmm. you see how they get absurdly downgraded at times. And so there's little reflection of the beauty of our being and our capacity to um, really Overcome whatever is thrown at us Mm -hmm. because we are greater than all of this. And so, just as I said earlier, that the world has looked like a stage set for me, we are actors on this stage. And when we look from high altitudes, we see that we are, that it's a little toy world Mm -hmm. and we are so much larger than this. And when we Call in our higher um, intelligence and the whatever sorts of um, energies and entities support us in our evolution, then we find that we do have supernatural capacities. And by what other means would we cultivate them but by being on the edge mm-hmm. where we either fall or fly?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm curious you mentioned that some of these words these lost words that they're not even in the dictionary so how do you d- rediscover these words well old dictionaries okay and um and and you
2: find when you look at dictionaries that are older that they were written with the assumption that a very educated audience would be reading them. Mm -hmm. And that assumption has declined. So they've gotten more and more. um, The word I'd use is pedestrian, meaning kind of average, and um, not recognizing the genius in people. And so just as I've shared before the word theocracy. Um, we think of it. I have it in one of the poems that's in my book, Word Magic: Word Play that puts a new Spin on the World and it says the alternate theocracy spelled with the alternate theocracy spelled with an s and not a c is not in every dictionary which is itself a commentary for theocracy means union of the personal soul with god above so what need have we for admonitions taboos decrees and prohibitions when all are guaranteed admission to the promised land mm. by definition. Mm. And I should have prefaced it by saying um, the theocracy that is most familiar to us is spelled with this C, and it means the it's the idea that um, a government is divinely guided. Mm. And um, Spelled with an S, it means that we are divinely connected Mm -hmm. to the infinite Mm -hmm. and don't need external
1: guidance Mm
2: -hmm. and telling us how to be, what to do, what to think.
1: So by eliminating that spelling and that word, they're reducing our own personal power and putting... Mm Yeah. Giving it away. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) One letter change. One letter change.
2: Yeah. And and Mm. a C is half an S. Mm, An S turns in both directions. And I will soon be posting my animation on the letter S. Mm -hmm. It's called Esoterica by Laurel Erica, the definitive exegesis on the letter S in verse. And an exegesis is an in depth exploration, usually of a biblical passage but I did it of a single letter, and I'd like to read to you, which I guess will take me off camera. Let's see if I can do this. Um, Something I read years ago in a book by Gary Jennings called The World of Words, The Personalities of Language, and he said, it is a minor wonder that the letter S is still with us, it and its siblings and other alphabets have been abhorred by people who perceived in them the image or sound of the dread serpent or the monogram of the even more dreaded Satan. The Yazidi Arabs won't pronounce the letter. The Hebrew scribes took care not to use it in the opening passages of the scriptures, and he goes on from there. So we think, for the most part, of letters as meaningless symbols for meaningless sounds, but we also think of symbols as the language of the unconscious. So we may not be conscious of the meaning, but that doesn't mean it has none. And so I also have a poem on the letter I. And um, that is also points to the fact that just as we have two eyes on our heads, we also have two eyes in the alphabet. And the lowercase I, which is the little line with a circle above it represents in my mind, the egoic self where the mind and the body are separate. And the capital I, our capital potential is to stand as a bridge between heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. And the way we go from that little I to our capital I Um, is to turn our lives sometimes upside down so we become an exclamation point and stand for truth and
1: beauty and to stand for nothing less. So you're taking your love of word magic down to the the letter. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
2: Exactly. And um, there is, I started playing with the alphabet early, but have not focused on it to the extent I have with words. Mm -hmm. But there is a book on the esoteric alphabet. I didn't find that version all that readable. Mm -hmm. Um, There's another one uh, whose name is escaping me at the moment, but nothing is nothing. Just like, you know, only 94% of the universe is Uh, visible. The rest is dark matter and considered insignificant. And similarly, DNA. We don't understand it, so it's junk DNA. I mean, that's just amazing arrogance that keeps us (laughs) ignorant.
0: So many things we don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> and right. have chosen not to try. <laughs> exactly. And, and yet they
2: can be such a, uh, such a place of discovery and delight. So, um, in terms of creating new words, I have several that I've created. For instance, um, the word intelligent, I've I've added an L to the end, or, uh, so it becomes intelligent. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason for that is that there is really nothing smart about a brain without a heart, although it seems to be the ultimate seduction because it grants us unchecked power, but just to bring our darkest hour, for it endows us with a genius for destruction. So the idea that to have a mind that's detached from the heart, that's intelligent, but not intelligental. I mean, that could well be the death of us all. So there's (laughs) lots of ways to tune up the language. Um, My word uh, for communication, I created communification which is heart-centered conversation that creates the felt recognition of our oneness and cosmosis, the process of assimilating into divine light and love while awakening to the fact that this is really all there is. So it's a lot of fun to play with words. It might seem like a trivial pursuit at this time when the world looks like it's going to um, hell at an accelerating pace. Um, And yet there was that song from the Leonard Cohen, Suzanne, When Jesus saw for certain only drowning men could see him, Mm -hmm. he said, all men shall be sailors then until Mm -hmm. the sea shall free them. So, and I think about seeds, some seeds that only um, blossom after forest fires Mm -hmm. and some seeds that take two cycles of of frost and thaw frost and fall before it knows it can trust that it's safe to come out now. Mm. And um, we are at that time when this is the moment to find what is greatest within us and to find our way out of the programming and the habits that have kept us limited in what we do. Mm -hmm. And also to recognize that just as the physicist Jean Jean said, the universe is looking like a great thought rather than a great machine, that our our words implant thoughts within us. They're not neutral signifiers. They are filled with meaning and messages that influence our perception of reality and therefore what we create in our world. And because this is an old outdated software we can start collectively creatively upgrading it both by discovering some of the words that are there within words and by tuning up words like I've shared an example of asking a group of people what shall we do about the fact that the word hello in reverse is oh hell mm-hmm. and one woman said well how about hallo mm-hmm. and and when we say hello to each other, it's like a recognition of that the other is sacred. Mm-hmm. And uh, a gentleman named uh, Arkan Selik in Turkey turned "Amen" into "I'm mm-hmm. in," which I think is a beautiful affirmative statement that yes, I'm putting my energy, my intention into this um, purpose. And that's what it is, our collective will joining together um, to affirm a higher vision of reality. We live out of our stories. Uh, The story we've lived out of for the last 2,000 years is that a woman took a bite out of an apple and the whole world went to hell. (laughs) and everyone is born in sin as a consequence. Mm -hmm. And so there has been that dark pall over all of us, and how can we fully emerge when we feel that we are dark and inferior beings? Well, that is a story that's false, and we all have an inner narrative mind that's constantly, throwing shade over us, Mm -hmm. um, criticizing us, calling us to limit ourselves and stay safe. And we're not good enough. And everyone seems to have that same scenario, at least everyone I know. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a lie. So what is the truth is our greatest self and what feels best when we tell a new story of who we are. So in this Thinkific class, there will also be about um, affirmations and invocations that affirm and strengthen the truth of who we are instead of the lie that we've been told and that we continually tell ourselves and that the language itself Uh, promotes. For instance, uh, I've never liked the word instinct, because it sounds like we have an inner stink to me, (laughs) that what's within us stinks. Whereas the word intuit is like getting into it. It's coming into resonance with something so we can know it from the inside out and do something with it. And I, I, the word consumption that was in the not in the early 1900s that was the waste you know that was tuberculosis, mm-hmm. the wasting disease of people's lungs. And contemporary consumption is a measure of the strength of the economy while it is wasting the lungs of the planet. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, everything is out in the open in the language. And when you start playing with words, you start discovering that we are, words are mastering us rather than we are mastering the language. And I had a friend who said, uh, we don't have ideas, ideas have us and that's the truth, where their mouthpiece, their arms, and their legs, and people get run by ideas, even those that are are encapsulated in tiny little meaningless sound bites, but that sound good, and I'm just posting um, a blog called The Right to Life for Everyone, and it's I I didn't expect to have such a, uh, so much to say about a subject on, um, women losing the right to choose whether to carry a baby to full term. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have strong feelings about that, about clamping, (laughs) clamping the iron jaws of the law around a woman's reproductive system, like Mm -hmm. a, a chastity belt of old. And, um, Anyway, there's a lot to say about everything. And just as I was surprised at how much feeling, I I mean, mostly I look at this dimension of existence as backward land because Mm -hmm. it is so totally backward, where our, our actions are mirrors of mirror images of our values they reflect them in reverse. So we kill for peace, we die for a good time, rather than knowing that living and loving is how we achieve our goals, not condemning and killing. And so mostly I I protect myself from getting too enraged about the news that I see. So I was surprised to see how much passion I have for this subject, and also fueled by the fact that I was an unwed mother. And I know what it's like. And I I have a lot of thought about it. And I'm sharing this now simply to say that I'm sure your listeners have a lot of thoughts and feelings that they would like to express. But maybe that voice in the head says, you're not a writer. You're not good enough. You don't know enough. You're not smart enough. And therefore, they put that that clamp on their own expression. what that sacred right circle will help you to do is to get reflections from other people who say who who let you know that there is brilliance inside you. And if you can speak, you can write. It's not a jump, it's just a natural progression. And I can help you with that and would love to. And other members of the group can do so as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to take one of them. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, as I said, the April
2: classes mm-hmm. start next week, and so. the Think If It class will probably start within a month. But yeah. as subscribers, uh, people will be informed
1: as soon as it's ready. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about that voice in, in our head is that because it's the, our own voice, we, we believe it to be true. Yes. I mean, why would I, why would I lie to me mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> about such an important thing? Um, and yeah, these are all this, the stories that we carry and we live out and we can choose to ignore. Yes. And,
2: and, and rewrite, I, mm-hmm. I beg your pardon. And, and we get to rewrite them. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, the word pay attention, (laughs) attention, attention is a high price Mm -hmm. to pay for listening to that voice. And Mm -hmm. I, I remember years ago, uh, when Eckhart Tolle was first on the scene, and he said, it's like um, a, a demon left a radio on in the attic, Mm -hmm. And so we're constantly hearing it. and, And when we pay attention, it can drain our energy. And I know when I'm tired, it gets toxic. And whenever I sort of glance over to hear what my mind is talking about, I remember, oh, that's right. And I just sort of visualize Um, that yellow crime scene tape around my mind to remind me not to dip in, Mm because it has nothing of value to contribute to my life. And it's, it's only just a tape recording that goes on and on and on. There's a wonderful new book by Dr. Amy Johnson, and I think it's called Just a Thought, and it's available on audiobooks. And it reminds us that none of this that we, that has such an impact on us emotionally and on the choices we make, none of it is anything but noise and basically recorded recycling noise mm-hmm. that when we take it seriously can create all sorts of emotional upheaval. Mm-hmm. And this understanding Which is uh, based on uh, an enlightenment experience by a man named, or uh, experienced by a man named Sid Banks, S Y D Banks, in the early 70s. From that grew out uh, an understanding referred to as the three principles that has been used to help even people with serious mental disorder to stop doing that to
1: themselves. Yeah. It's one of the things that we get, we do as coaches is we get the people to first of all, write it on, put it down on paper. So write out those stories and the negative things that are in your head so that you can actually see it and see it for what it truly is. And then give that voice a name, name it. So we just personify it and then realize that we, we don't have to listen to this, the evil inner uh, partner in our head. Um, So that's a fun a fun thing that we do with our clients. That's excellent. And, and there's a book
2: I saw years ago called Taming Your Gremlin, mm-hmm. which is all about that. And it shows people's pictures of their gremlins. Mm-hmm. And this one that is constantly raising the bar. So no matter how well you do, mm-hmm. uh, it's never enough. Mm-hmm. So I call that the not enough stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have it in so many different forms. And it it's, can be very, very debilitating. And it comes from the, the um, amygdala, the, um, the part of the brain that is focused on keeping us safe, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to keep us in our tight little comfort zone, even if it's a prison Even if it's the tiny bottle that the genie that we are is enclosed in, it's like better safe than sorry. And so that's what that voice is um, encouraging is Mm self-limitation and not taking chances and we can do so much better. And as we uh, become more familiar with words that reflect our genius and brilliance to us and come together collectively where we are supporting each other and being mirrors for each other to invite in the brilliance of who we truly are, then progressively we get um, free to ignore that part of us which then fades away. It it loses its power to persuade us off our true path.
0: When when I did the project to give my inner voice a name and I realized what it was saying to me. Um, it was some of the exact same phrases a little five-year-old in my class would say to me. <laughs> She'd be like, I don't think you know what you're doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I started hearing it in her exact five-year-old voice, and which I would laugh off whenever she said it to me. And then I'd give, yes. like, I knew she wanted attention. And she wanted to be shown some love. So she's throwing these words out at me where really all she wanted was love and attention. So I would look at her, shake my head and then give her a hug if that's what she wanted. And so when I realized that, too, that really helped me start quieting those voices. I'm like, oh, sounds exactly like the five-year-old who I knew all she wanted was love and attention. Yes, that's
1: beautiful. That's a wonderful, liberating insight. Yeah. I remember when I named mine, I named it Mallory uh-huh. and I don't know where this name came from. Um, but it wasn't until afterwards that I looked up what is that meaning of the name Mallory and then, uh-huh. the meaning is an unfortunate person. And, uh, I think, well, first of all, what a terrible thing to name a child. Yes. <laughs> um, and like talk about the synchronicities and stuff, like what, for me to have chosen that name that that it is my unfortunate person that's living in my head um to for yeah to name it that was uh was kind of one of those weird coincidences well it's, it's
2: <laughs> like we know already we just mm-hmm. don't know what we know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it often pops out at just the right moment mm-hmm. so i want to look at my notes to see if there's anything else mm-hmm. that feels like it would be fun to share with you all at this moment. Um, One more little glance here. Um, Well, I think you all have used the word abracadabra. Mm -hmm. I create as I speak. Mm -hmm. And usually people think, that you need a magic word to do that, but the truth is all words have that kind of potency and Mm -hmm. magic. And that as we speak and we infuse our words with um, the energy and emotion that our thoughts invoke in us, then we're adding manifesting power with it. Mm -hmm. And the word think and thing is only a letter away. Mm -hmm. And we are taking a molten sound and forming it into concepts, infusing it with our mental and emotional energy, and then sending these little creations out into the world and surprised by what comes up, Mm -hmm. not necessarily relating it to what we spoke. Mm -hmm. But the word is very, very powerful. So speaking beauty is one of the ways that we can start um populating our lives with greater awareness and greater beauty and it feels so much better than trash talk (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so how shall we conclude is there
1: something further that i might share um Yeah, if there's anything that you uh, want our listeners to hear before we, uh, like you said, conclude for for this round, hopefully we can have Mm -hmm. you back because we love chatting with you. Oh, thank Um, you so much. I appreciate it. We'll Mm -hmm. direct everybody to sign up and be subscribers uh, so they get all the latest information Mm -hmm. about how they can work with you and what's coming up. Thank you so
2: much. So um, I'd like to share speaking beauty an anthem for our era, because it applies to every one of us. I feel like we're all here by divine appointment. Anyone who had the courage to come knowing what was coming um, did so because the gift we have to share is of inestimable value. And we all need what we each bring to this party for the the healing and uplifting of consciousness on the planet. We are godlings on this planet here because we all pre-planned it. Ghastly, ghostly shadows, damn it. Now's our chance to superman it. Lift your voices, re-enchant it. Freedom's codes are all semantic. Though we're small and sometimes frantic, souls are whole and all gigantic. These may be our darkest hours, yet each of us has superpowers. The infinite is infinite, which means we can turn on the light all life's a dream and we're the dreamers. Though hates streaming through the schemers, we're all here as world redeemers, beaming peace, we're love supremers. So mages, sorceresses, sages, artists of all sorts and ages, share your gifts now, be courageous. Daring actions are contagious. A diamond mind and heart of gold are gifts, the prophecies foretold for those uniting souls on earth by honoring each being's full worth. When we let go, of againstness, we step into our immenseness for the genesis of genius is the light we strike between us when we share the gifts with which we're blessed to inspire higher consciousness. Then we'll gain what we've been dreaming of, the gift of everlasting love, the bliss of everlasting love. The kiss of everlasting love thank you
1: thank you for listening to this episode we hope you enjoyed it if you did subscribe and share with your friend you can also find us on instagram at pirate living podcast to keep up with the latest episodes awesome guests and bonus clips
0: pop in and say hi we love chatting with fellow pirates You can also reach out to us to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. And keep creating good trouble.